Hello, I'm Susan Raff, and welcome to Real Talk. Today's topic is something that everyone seems to be talking about these days, and that is COVID. And even now, two years uh, into the pandemic, uh, there are still many uh, uh, things to be focused on. We have uh, a new variant, and as we approach or we are in the holiday season, people are concerned about traveling and uh, what they need to know. So we felt it was a good idea to have Dr. Ulysses Wu on today from Hartford Healthcare. He focuses on infectious diseases and epidemiology. Dr. Wu, thank you for joining us on Real Talk today. Thank you for having me. Wow, there is so much going on. I think a lot of us uh, have COVID fatigue uh, because we've been focused on it for uh, such a long time. Uh, and now there are new developments. How concerned should we be about this Omicron variant, the Delta variant, and, uh, and protecting ourselves at this time? Well, I'm glad that you mentioned the Omicron, that, that, that looking at it as something to be worried about, because the reality, it should refocus us on the variant that is already here, which is the Delta variant. I mean, we already have a really bad variant that is present, and it's unfortunately causing a lot of cases, causing a lot of hospitalizations, and unfortunately causing a lot of deaths as well. Uh, We have our eye on Omicron. Uh, It is certainly a variant of concern, but it's uh, only one case has been picked up in the United States, though I have no doubt that it's probably more prevalent. But I, I guess, you know, the, the main issue with focusing on Omicron is that we still haven't really done a great job with the Delta. And that's what we really need to focus on right now. And why is that? Now, I've been hearing some of the news that if you are vaccinated fully, that you have a better chance of not getting sick or hospitalized. Uh, and there's also a big push for boosters. But at this point, there's a lot of um, un- a lot of unknown. People aren't exactly sure. Right. Yeah, I think with the Delta, there's actually a lot more known about it. And we're in this condition because it is still remains a pandemic of the unvaccinated. The vaccines are doing its job. What it's doing is trying to keep people out of the hospitals, trying to keep people from dying. Now, that's not 100 percent. But when you look at the rates between unvaccinated and vaccinated, your chances of being hospitalized and your chances of being on a ventilator or dying are much higher if you are unvaccinated. And so a lot of that is known at this point Uh, to ask you why this is happening. Well, unfortunately, it has become a political flashpoint. Uh, It's become an ideologic flashpoint. And uh, from a public health perspective, you know, the COVID doesn't care. Uh, about ideological and political lines, uh, it's going to infect those that it can infect. And uh, we are probably at this point because it's become such a flashpoint at this, at this point, not to be redundant. Um, and so if, as, if we can get back to basic public health and medicine, then maybe a lot of this goes away at this point. Well, here's what I think at this point. I mean, I thought that during the beginning of the pandemic, though, there were people who didn't get vaccinated. Maybe they weren't sure they're not going to they didn't have the time. But I would think at this point, those who are vaccinated want to be vaccinated. And you're still going to have a section or a portion of the the society that are not going to get vaccinated. So how do how do we move forward with that? Well, the best way to move forward is that for those of you, for those of the people who want to be vaccinated, we have to remember that vaccination is not just a personal choice. It is a personal choice choice with societal consequences. And so for those of you who do get vaccinated, uh, it's all about extending your bubble. 
uh, protecting those around you who may not be able to mount an immune response to the vaccine or those who cannot get the vaccine. Um, and the more that we ex extend that bubble, the more we can decrease transmission. The more we can decrease transmission, the less variants we will likely have at this point. But uh, that's from our standpoint, uh, what we can do best uh, and realize that it is a personal choice, but a personal choice with societal consequences. At Hartford HealthCare, what are you seeing um, as far as patients in the hospital with COVID and those vaccinated and not vaccinated? Yeah, by and large, uh, the majority still remain unvaccinated, uh, but we are starting to see vaccinated people come in as well. And that's probably a lot of them hadn't gotten their boosters at this point. So I would certainly encourage people to get their boosters. Um, but like I said, mostly unvaccinated uh, cases are definitely rising. And a lot of that is attributable to probably decreasing immunity, uh, as well as mostly uh, colder weather and uh, holiday seasons that have approached as well. So uh, we, we expect it to continue to rise at this point. We are in the holiday season. People are traveling, uh, want to travel. Um, I did hear, I think on CNN this morning, that um, uh, Dr. Fauci and others are encouraging people, maybe if you have underlying health conditions, that maybe flying on an airplane now isn't a good thing because of the variant. Yeah, I mean, so there's something that we call the personal risk assessment. And the reason why we cite this personal risk assessment is because everybody's personal risk assessment is different. Uh, let's take the analogy of a motorcycle rider. There are some who will ride with helmets and there are some who won't ride with helmets. And that is because their personal risk assessments are different. And so, yes, in a general sense, we should say that people who may be immune compromised, people who haven't received the vaccine, they should take all precautions. But then you put that in the context of their own personal risk assessment. Some people are willing to take greater chances. And so there may be somebody who is immunocompromised, who has received the vaccine or hasn't received the vaccine. They said, well, I want to go to Florida no matter what. And so they're going to fly. Um, so if the recommendation I don't disagree with, um, because I, it's a blanket statement that says, do the best that you can to protect yourself, realizing that not everybody does that. Right. And I also think because for the past uh, several months, I mean, some of the mandates have been relaxed here in Connecticut and other parts of the country. So I think a lot of people felt like, you know, well, maybe the worst is over. But now we see things ramping up again. And I think a lot of people are concerned about that. Yeah. And Omicron, the silver lining in Omicron is that it is bringing attention to I don't want to say fear because we should never use fear as a reason to do things. But uh, I think people are more fearful because of rising case numbers of Delta as well as Omicron. And we have seen actually more people come out and get try to get boosters. Now, that is great. We certainly want people to get boosters. But the number we actually want to rise are the people who are getting their primary series, the unvaccinated who have not gotten any vaccines. And unfortunately, that number probably is not rising as fast as we would like it to. Can you explain technically for me, um, as far as a variant, I mean, what makes us, you have COVID, you have the Omicron, you have Delta, what, what makes them a different variant or how do you know they're a different strain, if you will, and well, how they we, can affect we, you? 
we genetically look at these. So we, we do a genetic analysis on these and we look at the cell structure um, of, of these. Well, not me personally, but much smarter scientists than myself do that. Um, but uh, really, it, it all has to do with alterations in uh, mostly the, the, the cell surface uh, and some of the protein uh, components of the cell surface as well. But the analogy I like to give is, uh, you know, a virus, when they're reproducing, it can can produce millions of virions a day. And so imagine giving birth to a million babies in a day. They're all going to be different. Uh, some of them are going to have mutations as well that make them different. And so that's kind of the best way to look at it. A lot of them don't end up surviving, um, but eventually there will become a predominant variant. And that happened with Delta. So we are watching Darwinism happen right in front of us. And it happens on a micro level as well as a micro time level, it's happening right before our eyes. And so that's why these mutations happen. And that's why viruses change. It's hard to keep up with that. I would imagine. Oops. I think we've lost. Oh, there you're back. Um, (laughs) Sorry. That's all right. I would imagine that scientists are very busy these days, especially those in your line of work and infectious diseases, right? Because I mean, there are new variants now, it seems uh, popping up on a regular basis. Yes, absolutely. It certainly keeps it interesting. Right. Um, this, this might seem too simplistic, but I think, you know, how long can this, you know, people want to know how long can this uh, go on? I mean, will this uh, variant or that keep happening? And, you know, uh, will we build up herd immunity? Will we have to have vaccines uh, on a regular basis? I think, you know, after two years, people are very concerned, right? Well, I think this is going to go on indefinitely. The concepts of herd immunity are very valid from protecting you for a short period of time. But when it comes to coronavirus, it has almost little validity to stopping the pandemic. So it's not like we're going to build herd immunity and then it's going to go away because our herd immunity, uh, whether from vaccines or natural infection, is going to wane over time. It's not lifetime. So uh, relying on the concepts of herd immunity to make this go away unfortunately, is not going to happen. And so the, the key that I try to tell everybody that we have to do is that we have to reduce transmission. We have to reduce spread. And there's only one real way to do that, and that is vaccinations. And I'm going to say masking as well. So two real ways, but not everybody is going to mask 100% of the time everywhere they go. Um, and they're not going to stop uh, you know, being social as well. So beyond that, uh, short of isolating yourself in a bunker and never seeing anybody again, our really only way out of this is vaccination at this point. So I'm hearing from you that we may become, uh, it may become customary for us to have uh, a vaccine for COVID just like we have our flu vaccine and masks are here to stay? Well, masks are, one would argue even before COVID that masks had a lot of worth. There was this virus before COVID and it was called influenza. And influenza also caused a significant amount of, let's just say at its very best, a lot of people out of work. And at its very worst, it caused a lot of hospitalizations and deaths. So one would argue that, you know, last year when we didn't have, when we had mask mandates, we didn't, most people didn't even have colds, let alone influenza, not to mention the 15 other respiratory viruses that are circulating as well. And so, Masks, uh, it's one would argue that probably every winter we probably should be wearing masks to prevent not just influenza and COVID, but other things like RSV, rhinovirus. Uh, those of you who have kids and 
grandkids. You probably have a lot of sniffling kids and grandkids right now. And a lot of that is respiratory viruses at this point. So one would argue maybe masks should be, uh, should be worn more in the wintertime. Right. And I think this might sound simplistic, too, but, um, you know, as a society of millions and billions of people, um, you know, and in densely populated areas, I mean, we live in close quarters with a lot of people. So it seems only natural in some way that if uh, there's some virus that that's going to spread, is this part of just living in a very busy populated world? No, you know, I, I would get away from, you know, making this a, a more urban or more densely populated because, as you see, the rising cases are actually in Connecticut are in the less populated areas at this point. And so uh, although there is a higher concentration of people in an area such as Hartford, in an area such as Fairfield County, all it takes is one person to get you sick. And so uh, I would go back rather than focus on population density, uh, though that does contribute to a certain extent, at least early on, I would focus on the vaccination and masking. So going forward uh, for the holidays, uh, you know, obviously you're saying your risk, how you feel about that. You know, taking a risk is important. Uh, but um, if you are someone who's immunocompromised, maybe getting on a plane or being with a lot of people from all over may not be a good thing. Uh, but for the rest of us, uh, you know, we should, uh, what, get our boosters and uh, still be masked up. I, I would say so. And not just for our own personal choice, but really to help those around us. Because if we are truly looking for a way out of this, out of this pandemic, if everybody is truly tired and everybody wants to nip this in the bud, we just got to get vaccinated and we just have to mask up. Uh, that's really the only way out of this. If we don't do that and pull together as Americans to do this, it's going to stay. Thank you, Dr. Wu. I'm not sure if I feel better about our discussion or not, but I think a lot of people are fatigued with, with COVID. I think, you know, after this long of a time, you know, and, uh, you know, and losing loved ones or seeing our lives change, it's very hard for us to kind of navigate through this. So, um, Thank you for joining us. Is there anything you'd like to add before uh, we go? <laughs> well, I think the fatigue is a very good point, but I think giving up is not going to be the answer to getting out of this. And the analogy I always give to everybody is that we're running a marathon and let's just say we're at mile 12 at this point. Uh, if we want to finish this marathon, we got to keep running. Uh, maybe we got to walk for a little bit. Maybe we got to jog for a little bit, but we got to keep running. But giving up and being fatigued from this that is not the answer. We will never get out of it in, in that, with that direction. Well, I'll leave you with this thought. I've run 12 marathons, and they're a heck of a lot easier than this marathon that we're on right now. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Uh, that, that's, that's a great point. And uh, I know I can count on you to finish this race then. All right. Dr. Wu, if we don't see you, have a good holiday. Stay safe uh, and healthy. And uh, hopefully we'll have you back here on Real Talk. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me.